I stand in faith. This is my Bible. It is the word of truth. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer and not just a hearer. I'm humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I am mature in the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. All right. In 1 John chapter 4, you'll find these words. It says, you are of God. Somebody say little children. You know, I wonder why he put the word little children now. Calling us little children. But now, if you understand, he's referencing us as little children. But we're little children that's supposed to realize we're full of power. Don't let our little fool you. He says, little children, you're little children and have overcome them, those false teachers. Why these little children are overcomers? Because he who is in you is greater than he is in the world. So inside of all you little children is something greater than you're facing. And you have to buy into that and you have to believe that because if you don't believe that, then you allow yourself to be treated like little. When you're full of power. Amen. Y'all may be seated. I don't know. Let me get ahead of myself. This is going to be our second and just final series in this little short series that we've entitled The Indomitable Spirit Inside You. Last week I shared how that word got into my vocabulary uh, briefly, you know, uh, like I said, back in 19. 91, November 7th, you know, most of y'all remember when Magic Johnson announced to the world that he was HIV positive, meaning he had the AIDS virus. And I said I could vividly remember, you know, certain sports commentators, one in particular, I don't know his name, but I remember his comment. He says, if anybody can beat this, it's Magic, because he has an indomitable spirit. And that word indomitable stuck with me, and I had to go look it up. You know, there's another word that stuck with me back by 2008. I heard people use it, and I still remember they, they used the word segue. And, I, you know, I ain't know what the word segue means, but I like that word. And I figured it had something to do with transitioning when you're talking. And I remember vividly, I had to ask Sister Colleen, how do you spell segue? I'm using it, but I don't even know how to spell it. But once she told me and found it in the, in the dictionary, I said, yeah. That can become part of my vocabulary. Same thing with indomitable. That wasn't something that just rolled off my tongue. But once it got into my spirit, it became part of my vocabulary. And so what I need to get you to see, you got to get it in your spirit that you are able to be put in a situation where you will not be subdued, defeated, or conquered. Because the word means you're unconquerable not discouraged by every little thing that come along in the world. And you're not dismayed by circumstances or situations because you know who's on the inside of you helping you through these things. And so therefore, when we understand this, and as I grew in my spiritual walk, I realized that Jesus left us and deposited to us or sent to us that indomitable spirit. So Magic Johnson is not the only one that got an indomitable spirit on the inside of him. You got an indomitable spirit. 
in you. And I wonder, will you allow it to help you overcome some things in your life? Now, the Greek and Hebrew word for spirit, you know, uh, sim- means similar things. Use similar words to describe it. Wind, breath, breeze. You know, that's why the song just got through singing about the spirit. Breathe on me. Because God is a spirit. And, and, and I said that although we can't see the wind, we can see its effect and feel its effect. And those two words, you know, used to always trip me up because I couldn't get my enunciation like they should be because my E probably don't sound good when I say effect, you know, and then my effect probably sound the same. And most people think you're saying the same word, but they mean two different. So what we can see, we can see the effect, the E word, the wind have on a flag. Yesterday it was very windy, cold too. And I'm driving down the street and I looked out there and I saw a flag. I'm driving in my car. I don't feel nothing. But I see the effect of the wind. Effect. And I knew that something was making that flag move even though I couldn't see it. But when I got to the church and got out of my car, I felt the effect of the wind. Because now it's beating me in the face. And I'm getting colder as I... And so what I'm trying to get you to see is that the Holy Spirit is supposed to have an effect and an effect on you. In other words, the effect means it has the power to cause results in your life. You ought to be doing some things and you ain't doing it just to be doing it. You're doing it because you're getting rid. And then the effect of that says, hey, look, you have... It has the power to move your feelings. You know, when I was a little boy coming to church, I used to say, you know, you ain't got to show no emotion in church. Well, if the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you, every now and then, you're going to feel something. You know, something's going to tighten up on you. Something's going to just curl up on you. You know, you could be singing a song. Somebody could be preaching something. And all of a sudden, you're feeling this coming over you. But see, what happens is when that happens in most of our lives, we hold it. Because we think, oh, if I do that in church, somebody just don't know you're experiencing something and they need to get with it instead of killing what you ex. And I know as men, we always say, well, you know, I'm not a feeling type person. Well, you lying. You lying. You got feelings and there's certain things that move your, you just won't let God. You know, last week I said that when we have the Holy Spirit, we have a helper. The song just got through talking about that. And the second thing I said, the Holy Spirit is our enabler. And we close with the Holy Spirit being our sealer. Y'all remember that? And if you missed it, I would encourage you to go back. We got it on podcast. I think it'll bless you if you listen to it. Now, today we're going to be again in the book of Acts. Go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 7 and 8 when I get there. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to be witnesses for the Lord. See, Jesus was about to ascend back to heaven, and he gives his disciples full assurance that they would receive the power they needed to spread the gospel throughout the world. But in the meantime, their mind was on, how are we going to get set free from these Romans? 
when is God going to move on these Romans? But he's saying, look, the time when God get ready to do that is not yours. You need to focus on what your assignment is going to be. And your assignment is going to be is to go out and tell the world about me. And in order for you to do that, you're going to need because you're not going to be able to do it on your own. And see, when the word of God is spread, it, you know, it has no geographical boundaries. It is supposed to be shared, spread to all people's race, creed, color, national origin, or previous condition of servitude. Even people who were in bondage supposed to know about Jesus. And there are some people that you know today in your family, you work with, you have a relationship with, they're in and you're supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can spread what Jesus told these guys. Y'all in chapter 1 of Acts, verse 7, 8, New Living Transversion, version, he said, look. He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set the dates, those dates and times. They are not for you to know. Stop worrying about stuff that's God's business. Don't get caught up in the end time because you don't know when the end going to come. You need to be caught up in right now and doing what God has called you to do right now. So therefore, you live in preparation for the end time. Everything you do got something to do with the end time, but you ain't worried about when the end is going to come. Because you start worrying about when the end is going to come, you ain't going to do what you're supposed to be doing right now. You need to get your focus on right now. This is the day that you got, so you need to make the best of it. And so as a result of that, he said, look, y'all need to get refocused. He says, verse 8, but you will receive power. Somebody shout power. power. I didn't say say power. I said power. 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 Get used to saying shout power. power. Well, dunamis there. I mean power. You know where we get the word dynamite from. So every now and then, you know, it ain't nothing wrong with you explode for the Lord. Every now and then. You got See, you ain't a wet stick of dynamite. You just don't know. You're on the verge of exploding. And every time the Lord want to do something through, through you, you shut down and put water on the explosion. And start thinking with your natural mind, oh, if it had come out. No, 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 baby. You got the power. And it's up to the source of the power to make come to being what you say. And so don't you take blame because you say something under his anointing and it don't happen right then. You just do it because it's not your job to pull it off anyway. It's his. You just a vehicle that he want to use to get this word out. Don't you shut down because you don't realize you got power. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Not your witnesses, but my witnesses. Telling people about me everywhere. So when we talk, we ain't talking about ourselves. We're trying to introduce people to. He said, now you're going to start in Jerusalem, hometown. Then you're going to go out to Judea, to the county. You live in the city. You're going out to the county, Okaloosa County. We start here in Fort Walter Beach, but we got to get up to Baker. Sticks. Got to get to the sticks. And then after you get to the sticks, 
you got to go to Samaria. Got to go cross over in Alabama and deal with some folk that you know. Don't look like you, don't act like you, don't even talk like you. You don't got to deal with them. Amen. And then when you get to Alabama, Samaria, you got to go to the ends of the... You got to leave the U.S. You got to go to some places people don't want to go. Because the word got to get out. And he said, look, we're not going to put no limitation on God's word. We got to get this word out to everybody. And I know some of y'all can't go to Europe right now, but you can on your phone. You got instruments in your house right now. You can have a friend over in Europe sharing this gospel with. We go out there looking for everybody else online. Findyourdate.com. I mean, you ain't never seen them, but you found them. Online. And then now you act like we can't share the gospel on. You use your platform to find a husband. You use your platform to teach about. Oh, God, help me. I wasn't supposed to say that. I wasn't supposed to say that. But he said, now look, you guys got to realize this thing is going to get bigger than just the Jews. That's what he's trying to get them to see. I got to get you all out of your small, narrow thinking that this is only about you all. God got a bigger plan. It involves more than just. And we're going to see some of them had a hard time getting that through. And I, I'm going to kind of mention that here in a minute. But now look at this. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. And I call this the day the fire fell. Somebody say fire. You know, I, I look at a lot of stuff every now and then on, you know, on TV and stuff. And I hear these young folk always talk about, man, that was fire. Fire. They talk about fire. You know, he brought the fire. You know that song, that fuck, Finley, you know, they say, fire. What they trying to relay to us, Finley? They trying to say, something in that song or something that person said had some energy and effort or something about it that you could feel it. And so what I'm trying to tell you, that same fire is in you. And when you go around some folks, things ought to heat up. <laughs> All because of what's on there. The Bible used fire, but we acting like ice. Because we allow our mind to tell us, I, I just don't feel like that. That ain't me. I, you know, that ain't, I'm, I'm not a feeling person. You stop lying to yourself. If the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you, you got something that can heat you up. It's too hard to get this kind of message through because... Most people fight this part of the Bible because, you know, they think they get carried away and they think they're passive and they get us jumping out the ceilings and all that. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. But that ain't what I'm trying to get you to do. I'm just trying to get you to feel something on the inside of your heart that'll energize you to do what God is calling you to do. And do it with boldness. Do it with courage. Do it like you're not afraid. Don't be intimidated by the people that you got to deal with. It. You got to talk to. You got to, you know, come in contact with because you got fire. And the reason we need some of this fire because it gets some of the impurities out of. He says, now look at y'all in chapter two. He says, on the day of Pentecost, somebody say Pentecost. 50 days after Jesus, you know, the resurrection, the, the time of Passover, 50 days. But Jesus, you know, didn't descend to the 40th day. So by the time we got to this part of where the disciples were, it was about 50 days, but it was about 10 days after Jesus left. Y'all get me? 
And so Jesus hung around for 40 days. Then 10 days later, he ascended. And then so after, I mean, yeah, 10, during, on the 50th day, he ascended. And then now, I mean, on the 40th day, I'm sorry, he ascended. And then 10 days later, he sent the fire. He sent the fire. And guess what? When the fire came, they was all in the same place on one accord, one heart, one mind. Maybe the fire ain't falling because the church ain't on one accord. Maybe it don't fall here in striving because everybody don't have the same mindset when it comes to the Holy and how he move and how he operate. Maybe because we're not on one accord, that's why the Because I believe we can all get on one accord and feel and see what God is trying to get us to see when it comes to his spirit. I believe if we all get ignited, something happens. Amen. And I know some of you, you know you're very stoic. You, you come to church and you kind of... But, but this is not a funeral. Even funerals have celebration moments. So since we're here and we're not burying anybody, we ought to be able to give God a little praise and have some fire. Amen. 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 Ain't nothing wrong with a little bit of fire in our worship service. Hallelujah! Ah, uh, uh, I know it's a tough road to hold because some of our men, you know, men, come on, men, don't look at me like, huh? No, no, men, brother, look, you can't do nothing else. Just clap your hands right now. Maybe you don't want to let nobody see you get up and, and you don't know, move your feet a little bit. Just clap your hands to let me know that <laughs> y'all better hear me today. We want to experience something today. When you leave here today, I want you to talk about what the Lord revealed to you on this day. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. He says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly, somebody say suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm. A mighty wind, some Bible say, that spirit. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongue or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. It's not your ability that's going to make you move. It's his ability. You just need to let yourself get out of the way. And if you let yourself get out of the way, the Spirit of God can do what he needs to do. But you got to get your mind and your intellect and your willpower out of the way and say, God, I want to experience, I want to feel your fire in my heart so that when I leave this place, I'll be one to talk about Jesus. Because that's what I came to church for, to learn something about Jesus, to be set aflame so that I can go out here and Yeah, we can get heated up in emotion in here, but we got to carry that same fire where we're going to go when we... God, something happened to those folks there. If something happened so powerful that the people on the outside thought they was drunk and crazy up there, but they understood them in their own tongue. And at that time, people from all over the world came back to Jerusalem for the Feast of Tabernacles. And so they was all there for this big celebration. And God birthed the church right there while they was in Jerusalem. Guess what Jesus said? You're going to start in Jerusalem, but you're not going to stay in Jerusalem. 
So most of y'all know the story. I ain't got time to deal with it all, but you got to read Acts chapter 2, 3, 4, and you get the picture. But Peter got up and preached that day under the power of the Holy Spirit. And you know he had an international audience. So God is about multicultural, multi-race. Yeah, all people, all colors, all levels of education and economic statuses. God is about inclusion, not exclusion. And so therefore, God ain't got no problem with people. It's other folk that got problems. I'm going to show you here in a minute. I, I know I'm going to get in trouble, but let me go and get through with the, the, what I'm trying to tell you. He said now, and daily, you know, after Peter preached, 3,000 folk got saved. Somebody said fire must have showed up. Some fire had to show up. You get 3,000 folks saved in one sermon, fire had to show up. They had to hear about something. They wanted to know something. They needed to be fed something. And the fire showed up. 3,000 people got saved. And every day after that, people getting saved. They started to fellowship one with another. And they found favor with both folks that didn't like them and those who liked them. And because of that, that powerful movement started. The church was birthed. And as it started, they started selecting officers in the church, came up with deacons. And as a result of that, they had this one deacon named Stephen who was on and he just wanted to go out there and talk about Jesus and show how you can start in the Old Testament, get to the New Testament, and reveal Jesus to you. And he was the Savior of the world. Now, he's preaching this to religious folks. And baby, while he's preaching this message to religious folks, he started getting on their nerves a little bit. Their necks started getting tight and started getting stiff because they didn't want to hear what he had to say. And see, sometimes religious folks that sit in church, they tense up when you start talking about things that pertain to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. They just don't want to hear. So he said, look, y'all have been resisting this spirit all your life. You're stiff necked and stubborn people. And I come today to just free up some of your stiff neck and stubborn people. They refuse to praise God just a little bit. They refuse to tell God thank you. They refuse to tell you hallelujah to you, God, because glory is your name. Hallelujah, honor belong to you. Peter was preaching that to religious folks, and Peter, I mean, Stephen got stoned to death. But what they did for evil, God turned it into to good. And as a result of that, the people start to scatter, but they scatter on fire. You know how you stir up a fireplace and them little sparks start going out? You know if that spark hardens, it'll land somewhere else, start another fire. You know, they call them embers, I think, when I hear the firefighters talking about it. Man, you know these embers may jump. They may jump the fire line. And they jump the fire line, they get over there and start another. It's time for y'all to jump. <laughs> The fire It's time for you to start a fire in your office, in your home, with your relatives. It's time for you to. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, look, look at this. So now that happens, and they, they end up in Samaria. But then from Samaria, Philip was sent by the Holy Spirit. This is Acts chapter 8, verse 27 through 30. The Holy Spirit does not discriminate. The Holy Spirit does not discriminate. See, the Holy Spirit directs Philip to witness to an Ethiopian eunuch. Don't focus on the eunuch. Focus on the Ethiopian who was returning home from Pentecost. So he was an Ethiopian Jew. That probably looked like 
you. And if he was an Ethiopian, that means he was the descendant of Ham, of the children of Cush. Ham had five sons. Cush was the one that Ethiopia get their name from. In the Old Testament, whenever you see the word Cush or Cushite, they're talking about Ethiopia. So now someone skewed the Bible a little bit because of what Noah said to Ham, and they said that all people who come from that lineage were cursed. And just so happened, they stuck us in that lineage. And they said, black people are the descendants of Ham. So therefore, they are a curse people. And they started spreading that misinformation all over the world and it became easy to enslave and treat black people like they were marginalized, inferior, and not worthy of living. But I got to tell you that right here, God saw fit to send his spirit to Philip so that he can go and talk to her. If you look at a map, you'll be surprised at how close that Ethiopia is to Israel. Because back then it was called Canaan land. The land that the Canaanites ruled. Canaanites were descendants of So don't be surprised if there's some people in Israel that is just as black as you. But because you don't control the images that come from that part of the world, you never see. And because you don't understand the word, you never see them in the scripture. Because you don't know the reference, who that is, what that name means, Ethiopian, Cushite, descendants of Ham. And you know, and, and, and what we got to see, in that lineage is architects, prophets, kings and queens. Now, there's also some thugs in there, too, now. We got our share, just like everybody else. We got our share of thugs. That's why, that's why Jonah didn't want to go to... Because them Ninevites are descendants of Ham, and the people that already said they're some bad dudes, and they're raising hell down in... But in the midst of all that hell they was raising, God say they need to be... So if I'm a cursed people, why would God go out of his way to save me? Why would God have Philip to go out of his way to talk to him? I figured this, if this is Black History Month, I can get away with this right here and slow down. Because I, I was going to skip over this, but I, I, you know, I may not get a chance to get back up. But we're going to deal with this a little bit more later on. Not today, but there's another time. Because y'all need to know. So now he was obedient. And he went and did what God told him to do, the spirit. He said, now look, verse 27. So he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great, somebody said great authority. Huh? 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 Man, we, if, you, if you can have some authority, then you can't be inferior. So you can't buy into that myth of inferiority that you are inferior to other folk just because of who you are and where you come from, where your gene line lies. No, 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 no. Your inferiority is a result of your mindset. You have been breeded 
in, in condi conditions to believe that you are inferior purely because of the color of your in sports, that's why it took so long to get black quarterbacks. Because somebody felt that they didn't have a mental capacity to remember plays, read defense, and throw passes. They, were, they weren't breeded to think. They were breeded to run. They built to run. No, but we built them. We can do both. We can do some thinking. See, if all that we think that we can do is entertain, that's what we'll do. Because entertainment was the way that we can get ahead back in the day because people laughed at us as minstrels. That's how we got in. Because we could entertain people. They like to see us dance and grin. Tap out for just grinning to be grinning. If it ain't funny, don't grin. Y'all been laughing at bad jokes too long about you. Let me move on. I, I, I done got stuck right there, but let me go ahead and go ahead and go, because I don't want nobody to get too mad at him. But I told you, somebody's going to get upset. But that's okay, because this is in the Bible. He says now, and behold, an Ethiopian, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace the queen. Spell her name, just like I spell Candace's name. Of the Ethiopian. So that means that we can lead and be in charge. Who told you we couldn't be the head of a, C a CEO of a corporation? And he was in charge of her. So we can manage money too. Amen. Tell me how Holy Spirit. So, so I'm just trying to break down some stereotypes here because you got to understand God went out of his way to make sure this Ethiopian got the word so he can take the gospel back to Africa. You know, Ethiopia is a part of, so is Egypt. But you know, the Europeans kind of reshaped things and made you think that Egypt and Ethiopia is not part of real Africa. But what happened was during this time, that whole region would have been considered part of the Suez Canal didn't even exist. So all that land was connected and was one land mass. So it's no reason not to believe that some of the people that was living in what we call Israel now were of African So he was a Jew that came back to worship, but on his way home, he found Jesus. Y'all better get this. He said, now look, and he was in charge of all her treasury, and he had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning, and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. He was reading in Isaiah while Isaiah was prophesying about a Messiah that was coming. And he did not understand what he was reading. There are a lot of people out there doing things right now when it comes to the word of God. They don't understand. They're reading things that they don't understand. And what you got to see is God put his spirit.
spirit in you so that you can come alongside them and reveal to them what they don't. You got an assignment. You got to reveal something. That's why you got to know what the Bible says about Jesus so you can tell those who don't understand who he is. So he didn't understand. And while he was returning, and he not understanding, Philip went alongside of him. This is verse 29. The Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake his chariot. So Philip ran in obedience to the Spirit. When the Spirit tells you to do something, sometimes you just got to do it. He asked no question. He just did it. You know, sometimes you want to ask God too many questions when he tells you to do something. You always need confirmation from man. When God done told you, why you need a confirmation from a man? God can confirm some stuff to you by his Spirit. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. And said, do you understand what you're reading? Now, I want you to see something here. When you're dealing with people who are in search of the truth of the gospel, before you go and pour too much of it on them, you got to start where they are. See, you want to start witnessing the people where you are, and you're 10 miles ahead of them. You're going to have to regress, go back, and start where they are. He didn't say, well, look, Jesus done already came, man. Why are you still back there talking about Isaiah? Look here, let me start telling you what No. 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 Let me start where you are. Because people feel comfortable when you're talking to them and you start where So he says, now look, we're going to start where you are because at your level, that's a meaningful level for you. Because that's where your understanding is. And then he says, now, you got to start where they are so that you can bring them to where you want them to be. But if you start where you are, they're never going to get there because they don't understand how you got to where you are. You didn't get there overnight after reading the Bible one time. And then he helped him understand what he didn't know. Sometimes that's where the work come in when you got to take the time to help people to understand what they don't know about the Bible, particularly what they don't know about. And you can't do that unless you have an under. And that's why you need the Holy Spirit on you because he will empower you and give you what you need to be that witness to spread this gospel. So now look, this Ethiopian take this gospel and he had to take it back to Africa to Ethiopia. And so, it shouldn't have been strange to some of them because Jesus was took back to Egypt when he was a baby. So God was very familiar with Africa and didn't have no problem sending Jesus to Africa. So I got a feeling in my mind that some of the slaves who left Africa didn't leave their ignorance of Jesus. They got to America and got brainwashed to believe something else versus what they knew. And as a result of that, it was piped into their head that you are now in. You don't forgot that you come from kings and, and architects and all that. Now you have been conditioned that all you can do is be a subject of somebody. 
So what do I do? I change your name. Take away your identity. It would be interesting if we could all trace ourselves back and find out what our real, real, real ham name is. You may be surprised. You may need to go out there and what they call the genetic find, dot com, what that is, where you find who you are, your roots and stuff. Yeah, ancestry.com, yeah. Y'all may be surprised. You know, one other thing I was found out just while I was doing my study, there's something that's called the Black Madonna. Some of y'all say, well, who is that? Is that the one that do them singing, you know, like a good girl? <laughs> For the very first... But the black Madonna is someone representation of Mary. Google it. There were pictures out there that she looked like. But I can't let you see those pictures because it will change the image that I've already given. I know I was going to get in trouble right there. But look here, this thing that what people have a hard time accepting other people because of their race, creed, color, or previous condition of servitude is not something easy to overcome. Because after all of that, in chapter 10, I'm not going to stop there, but I'm just going to kind of summarize that real quick. When God got ready to use that same Peter, Adrian, the one that had preached that powerful message, faith, and got 3,000 folks saved. But when it came, came to going to them Gentiles, Peter said, Lord, I ain't never been around no folk that's common and unclean. People say, Peter was saying, I don't hang around people that I consider inferior to me, and they're unholy. And the Spirit had to correct him right down the spot and say, look here, don't you doubt nothing I'm telling you to do. You go to Cornelius' house, and you tell them what I told you. And Peter finally obeyed because it was a breakthrough for him. Now, this is the guy who preached on Pentecost. So what I'm trying to tell you, if you don't continue to follow God's spirit, your prejudice can rise up. That's why it's so hard to get rid of the prejudice in America because church folk who sit in church today, some of you still have hidden prejudice against people, and because of that, you look at them with a different set of lenses. God never looked at us on color basis. We got that condition in us where we see color, and it, colors are real, but they're not used to judge who you are and how great you can be. They're not used to say you're inferior and then you deserve to be enslaved. It's in America where color came an issue. Amen. Over here, these people are probably all mixtures of colors, multicultural. And it's a good possibility that Jesus did not have blue eyes and blonde hair. It's a good possibility that he did not. But if all you know is Michelangelo's image, then Bolden could have went out there and drew me one too and made him look just like But if you think Michelangelo's image is the one that God sent down, then you'll be looking at that and say, Jesus. He's sitting in grandmama's house right now. 
with John Kennedy and Martin Luther King on each side of him. Blue-eyed Jesus, blonde hair, sitting right Man, Jesus' bloodline was mixed up. Amen. Amen. And so God had to break down Peter's prejudice with the Holy Spirit and say, you go and do what I've told you to do. And the results, the fire fell. On Cornelius, how Gentiles, the fire fell, and they believed in Jesus. They all got baptized, and they received the Holy Spirit just like they did on God is not a respecter person. And what you got to understand, you got to stop letting people define you by the color of your skin. You're defined by the one who created you. And so therefore, because you know how God created you and what he created you to be, you need to start being what you're supposed to be. And stop, look, I tell you this all the time. The ability to define is the ability to control. When I can define you, I can put limitations. Now, this ain't going to happen overnight because there are some people just like you that still got that hidden prejudice in your heart. And sometimes you just can't deal with folk that don't look like you. And I'm here to tell you, the Holy Spirit got to break that foolishness down. Because you got to stop being afraid to witness the white folks. And I said that real blunt and bold, just like I meant it. God didn't call you to just minister to black folk. You feel more comfortable... Dealing with black folk because you think because of our blackness we got something in common. But there are some black folks out there that hate you. You better start ministering, Cliff, to where the Holy Spirit send you to minister. And I don't believe he's going to put no limitation on your ministry based on the color of people. You know, as I look at that, you all are a tapestry. A tapestry. Meaning that even if you're from the Caucasian race or you're a mixture of some others, we all got different skin hues and colors. Some of us a little bit darker than others. Some of us a little bit. So somewhere in our lineage, Somebody didn't have no problems mixing up. Somebody put some milk in the coffee. So what I'm trying to tell you, if God had a problem with that, he should have stopped. He would have stopped it when Joseph married the Egyptian. And when Moses <laughs> married the Ethiopian. His brother and sister got mad. Major. And God turned her, the sister, you know, to a leper. They had a problem with Moses bringing home that woman. That didn't look like them. That didn't serve the same God, the same skin color, all that. But God didn't have a problem with it. God didn't have a problem when the, you know, the, the people that went over to the promised land used Rahab. Amen. She was a harlot, a hooker. 
And when they came and destroyed the city, her whole family got saved. And she married one of them boys. You know, you know, she was running a little, a little, what they call it, you know, brothel. And then now the Lord delivered her. And she in Jesus' lineage. Amen. Amen. Y'all better get that. <laughs> and it's a good possibility that she probably was Cana. Good possibility. It's a great possibility that Bathsheba because when you look up Sheba and see where they descendants come from, it's a good possibility. That she was like the brother said, one of them Cushites. And David looked at her and said, my, my, my. And here comes Solomon. It's a good possibility. I know these times that ain't got nothing. It got a lot to do with the Bible. Because you have used this same Bible to make me think that I'm not represented in a, in a godly way. You've used it to make me think that the only time God talks about me is when there's the guy that's carrying the cross of Jesus as a slave. So Peter's prejudice had to be broken down. Your prejudice has got to be broken down. Man, it took me forever to go and get on the bus and sit in the first seat. Even after I had rights to sit there, Major, Rosa had done did her job. I could sit anywhere on the bus. But because my mind was still enslaved, I was free, but I was acting like a so I was conditioned to go to the and just like a zombie, I just found my way to the back of the bus, took my seat. To one day, I said, "Hey, if the front seat's open, I'm sitting there. When I go to the restaurant, if I want to sit over here in this table, you ain't taking me to the back. That's the table I want, right there." You got the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And so therefore, you got to understand because you have greatness on the inside of you, you got to stop acting like you are inferior based upon how you have been socially engineered. And don't let your children grow up thinking that because if you do, it's going to perpetuate itself to the next generation. Oh, let me go to my last turn. I don't say too much. The clock done ran out, but that's okay. This is the only time I'm preaching this much, so I'm going to get all my black history stuff in right now. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Here the Holy Spirit enables and empowers us to be living letters. Somebody say living letters. Living letters. In Paul's day, traveling preachers and evangelists introduced themselves by taking letters of recommendation or commendation from one church to the next. And apparently there were some false teachers in Corinth with letters. And they were insinuating that because Paul lacked a letter, they questioned his authority because he didn't present no letter. But they lost track of the fact that Paul had founded the church in Corinth. 
And the people there knew who he was because they knew how he lived before them. And because they knew how he lived before him, Paul said, look here, when I come to y'all, I don't need no. I don't need no letter recommendation. Because I got a letter on the inside of me that you already know about. And all you need to do is read it. And when you read it, you're going to see Jesus, and therefore you can accept me. I got to get you to see that every one of you got a letter being written on the inside of you. Because the same spirit that put that letter in Paul is the same spirit that's working on the inside of Y'all better hear me today. Y'all better hear me. Let me go and read this. Come and read this from two passages, two different Bibles. In, in, in New King James, he said this way. Do we begin again to commend ourselves or do we need as some others epistles, which is a letter of commendation to you or a letter of commendation from you? Paul said, do I need something to give to you or do I need something to get from you to validate who I? He said, now look here. You are my epistles. He said, because I taught y'all everything you know about the gospel. You are my letter. And it's written in your heart. Known by all. And you, and clearly you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. Not on tables of stone like the Ten Commandments, what Moses got on tables of stone. Instead, this time, Finley, he says, look, I'm going to put this in your and once I get this in your heart, wherever you go, you can take it with you, even if you leave your Bible at home. Even if you leave your Bible at home, you got to see yourself. I'm a walking letter. I, I am ready to be read by somebody. And all they need to do is see my... They don't need to see my Bible. They need to see you. And when they see you and you line up to this, they'll figure out who you and who you represent. So look here, look at, I, I, I like the way they said it in the message Bible. And I'm going to finish with this. He says, does it sound like we are patting ourselves on the back, insisting on our, insisting on our credentials, asserting our authority? Well, we're not, Paul said. Neither do we need letters of endorsement neither to you or from you. Look what he's told. You yourselves are all the endorsement we need. Your very lives are a letter that everyone can read by just looking. Just looking. Just. They didn't even got to hear you, but just. By people looking at you and see how you carry yourself, how you conduct yourself, you become a living. By just looking at you. That's why folks be paying attention to us, how we act when we ain't in here. They are just. And what you're doing is letting them know what type of letter. And if we were presenting the right letter, somebody ought to be asking us, what do they need to do to get that same letter written in there? Look, I like the way the third verse of this says, it says, Christ himself wrote it 
not with ink, but with God's living spirit. Not chiseled in the stone, but carved in human lives. And I like this. And we publish it. You know what you do when you publish a book? You go and write your story, proofread it. Once you proofread it, then you, you know, you may do some editing here and there. But at some point in time, you've got to be ready to be. Some of y'all have been walking around. And now it's time for you to be. It's time for your letter. You know, we're looking for the book of Wilson. Because you walking around, you ain't got John and Matthew and Mark and Luke in your hand. You're, all you got is the book of. Somebody's trying to read the book of Finley. And when you show up, they ought to be able to start reading, Adrian. And they say, look, I don't know if that's Matthew or Mark or Luke or John, but I see the book of Adrian. And as I look at Adrian, Adrian reflects Jesus, and she starts introducing me to What's keeping you from being published? You got the spirit on the inside of you that's trying to get you to put your story in print and start living what you done put in. And once you start living that, then you become a living letter. The Bible says epistle, but the epistle is nothing more than a, and you are meant to be read. When we were in the world, we were reading for, girl, I read her. You know, I read him. I read her. Well, you've been reading all this time. Then now let somebody read you. And some part of them probably read you before Jesus. Y'all better help me right here, Beth. I need some help right here because it get tight right here. You know, we was writing letters before Jesus. It's time for us to go back and edit some of that before Jesus stuff out and let this new letter with Jesus come forth. You need to start publishing. Don't I say publish? Then now somebody shout, publish me, Lord. Publish me, Lord. Holy Spirit, help me to be I want to be published, Lord, because I want somebody to read my life so that they can learn about Jesus. Holy Spirit, publish. Publish me. Publish me. Publish me so that I can announce to the world what Jesus told his disciples to do, to tell everybody about him. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost. It's time for y'all to go public. Get published. Sister Robin, we're looking for the book of the book of Robin. The book of Herb. Y'all got to get this thing, man. God didn't put all this power in you for you to ball it up and come in here and look good on Sunday and don't publish nothing. Ron, he's waiting for you to for you to publish something because it's already in your he said he wrote it in your heart Finley. your heart is not a heart of stone it got feelings that's why the Holy Spirit can touch your heart and you can and when that feeling come over you it's time for you to put something into get the effect side of the up I'm done preaching. Just give the Lord a hand clap of praise.
Do it with the apex side, not the effect side. Do it like you really feel something in there. Come on, let's give God a praise break right here. Hallelujah. 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 We bless your name today, God. Let your fire fall afresh on us, God. We want to be used by your spirit. We want to magnify you. We want to be living letters that somebody can read to know that Jesus is real, that he came into the world. And all we're going to tell them is the good news that he died for their sin. They don't have to try to get it right on their own. Just tell them in your letter, look, I didn't get it right on my own. Look here at chapter 15 is when I got things right. If you read anything from 1 to 15, I was a wreck. I was a mess. I was a wretch. I was all that. But boy, but once you get to chapter 15, something happened. And after chapter 15, from the rest of the chapter, I became a different. Reading the same book, but it got a different ending from the way you started. So look here, don't let the world stop reading you in the middle of your life. You got to let, oh God, help me. That's supposed to be true. But look, you got to let them read all the way through your life so that they'll know that something transformed you to the person that you are. And it was the Spirit of God that did that. The transformation power. Every head bow and every eye closed. I'm done. Every head bow and every eye closed. Hallelujah. 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 God, we thank you today. Hallelujah. 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 We got several appeals right now. Several appeals. Even if you're online with us today, I hope that God spoke to your heart and that you felt something to let you know that God is real through his spirit moving in your life. You are a letter. Even if you're sitting at home right now, you are a letter. Something is being recorded in your heart right now and you need to say, Lord, I'm ready to come out of here and let somebody read what was written, written in my heart. Somebody's trying to write the first chapter of that letter with Jesus. You never accepted him, but you look here. You're at the end of your last part of your life. You're at the end of the last chapter in that old book. It's time for you to publish a new book. It's time for you to publish the book that includes Jesus in it. Come out of your Old Testament and start walking into your new life. Hallelujah! So if that is you, hallelujah! Glory to your name, God. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God, you are a spirit, so God, thank you! Oh, you don't have to be in here to have God's spirit to move on your life. He can move while you're sitting at home right now. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to your name, God. Hallelujah. So if you've never accepted Jesus Christ, whether you're in the house or whether you're online, if you're in the house, just please raise your hand and say, yes, pastor. Man, I want to start my new letter. I have been waiting for this day. I've been putting it off. I've been fighting it. I know I need to start writing this new story, and I want to start today. I want today to be the best day of the rest of my life. I want to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and say, I want to have a, you know, a, a Damascus Road experience, God, where you speak to me and you cause me to just want to change my life and be transformed by the power of your Holy Spirit. If that is you, please raise your hand in the house if you're online. Please give us a call. Hallelujah. I see one hand raised. Is there another? Well, another. Hallelujah. 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 God, hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you're online, just give us a call here in Detroit, 850-862-3899, and just let us know that you want to give your life to the Lord. Send us an instant message on, on any uh, platform that you're using. We'll get it, and then we'll gladly get back in touch with you. But if you raise your hand in the house, I ask you this time, where's Brother Tim or Brother Tim? Will you just get this young lady right here, Brother Fabian? Is Fabian still around? Would you get her and take her? Well, maybe, maybe you're going to be a part of communion, right? So, Brother Tim, would you just take her and get some information from her, ma'am? I just asked that you go with Brother Tim. Hallelujah. 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 If you're here and you, and you need a, a church home and the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart and saying that striving for perfection ministry is the place for you, if you're online or if you're in the house, just please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. If you're online, just give us a call because we believe that, it's, that we're a good church. We're going to teach you what the Word of God says, and we encourage you. If you feel the Spirit moving in your heart and you want to be a part of what we're doing, please, please, please go ahead and respond to the Spirit that's on the inside of you. And then if you need prayer, you can give us a call here at that same number. Hit extension zero. Someone would answer, take your prayer, or if you again, send it on an instant message, and we'll add it to our prayer list, and we'll pray with you if you desire that. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you for what your word has revealed to us today, God. God, right now we say empower us, God, to be living letters. God, we want to be letters that can be read, not just in the church, but God, outside the church. That's what we are most effective, God, when we are acting outside the church. Everybody expects us to be a certain letter in here, but we got to show the world that there's a letter in our life that they need to read. And when they read it, they're going to learn about Jesus. We are the only Jesus some people are going to see. So God let us represent him in a way that is compatible to the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. We thank you for empowering us with your spirit to carry this gospel to those who need to know Jesus. Regardless of their race, their creed, their color, national origin, God, everybody needs to know who Jesus is. And God will that letter that they need to see and read so that they can learn about your son Jesus. Empower us now, embolden us now, God, so that we can go forth from here like we've been set on fire by your Holy Spirit, Lord. Let this not just be a passing moment in time, God, but let this be the, the moment of a movement. For we're going to do something with the word that you gave us today, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise, if you will. Amen. Amen.